if there's one day to remember, one weekend to prepare for, it's the one where stars align to flicker in the dark. This is why we love the movies. TCM is movie magic. There are a lot of those really meaningful moments. I'm so excited to be here. I have to come every year no matter what. TCM is a way of life. This is an honor I will cherish. One day to remember, and it's this one. Sticklish business any way you look at it. Come on, we'll stick together. And welcome to Chicklish Business. I'm Kristen, and Samantha is off this week, but we are joined by two longtime friends of the podcast, the amazing Laura Stalker and author Laura Gabrielle. Laura and Laura, how are you? Doing well. Thanks, Kristen. Congratulations on everything going on for you. Thank you so much. It's been a month. Yeah. <laughs> This week, because we are in the midst of the TCM Classic Film Festival, we figured we would talk about this year's fest and share our schedules as we navigate the wild four days that is this year's TCM Classic Film Festival 2023. Before we get to that, we'd like to briefly remind everyone that if you haven't checked out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ticklishbiz, you should. We do additional bonus pods, including double features, looking at remakes, and based on a true podcast, looking at biopics and true crime. We just finished up our March Madness classic film actress bracket that had Myrna Loy going up against Katherine Hepburn and Betty Davis going against Marilyn Monroe. Who won? You should go over to patreon.com and figure out who won. We also give out regular care packages of movies and gifts. Everybody recently got some exclusive, but have you read the book Tote Bags? That is at patreon.com slash ticklishbiz. And don't forget, you can order my book, but have you read the book 52 Literary Gems that Inspired Our Favorite Movies? You can order that wherever you get books. And our Redbubble store has some fabulous art, all designed by Samantha Ellis, featuring your favorite stars. We have our popular Makoko, Jean, and Judy mugs, as well as our most recent tribute to The Greatest Show on Earth, Jimmy Stewart as Buttons the Clown. We are celebrating that on-screen credit, and you can find all of that over at redbubble.com slash people slash ticklish biz. Let's talk this year's TCM Classic Film Festival. Laura, you will not be there. You will be there in spirit. Laura, you're going, right? Yes, I'm going. You and I will both be there. Everybody has opinions every year that the schedule comes out. This year's schedule is a little bit weak. Am I being too rude about it? There's one slot where I am trying to figure out what I'm going to go to between four movies. Usually those spots are every day. This year, I've pretty much set what I'm going to see in every slot except that one. But I do think that the ones that I want to see are really solid, like Ball of Fire. I really am excited about Ball of Fire. Crossing Delancey, I'm really excited about that one. There are some good things and some not so good things. Part of the fun is trying to choose what movie you're going to go to. Like Kristen said, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend this year, but I was planning on it. And so I have followed the announcements. And of course, when the schedule came out, I was like, oh, there's some things I really wish I could see. I am forever enthusiastic <laughs> on almost everything. My friends who know me that know that that's a 
characteristic of myself. I get excited about any opportunities to get together with folks, obviously getting to reunite with friends when you go to the festival is a huge part of it. So that's always exciting for me. And the schedule, there are some things in it that I was really excited about. I am a huge Muppet fan. So the fact that they were going to show Muppets Take Manhattan, which is my favorite of the Muppet movies, and that that they were going to do a whole special about the Henson world. That was something that really excited me. And I love all of the Christopher Guest films. They screened it was Best in Show a few years ago, which was great. And A Mighty Wind is my favorite of those. There were some that it was like, man, of all the years to miss, there are certainly some films I had identified that would be new discoveries for me, which that's always really fun. There's really no wrong way to do the fest, even sometimes when it's I'm not that excited about it. Those screenings end up being so fun. Going into it with an open mind and just take it as you will. You'll always have fun regardless. Schedules aren't as exciting necessarily. There were certainly some that I was like, oh, if I could see this with a big crowd of TCM fans who also love Muppets, that would be amazing. (laughs) One of the nice things about the festival is that you can make it what you want to make it. Absolutely. Make anything you want out of it. If you want to see six movies a day and go to every single slot, you can do that. If you want to take a couple slots off and go to a museum, you can do that. If you only want to go to Thursday or Friday, you've got the Palace Pass, right? You can mold the fest to your wishes. Absolutely. And we all have a different way of doing it. Even those of us who have gone for a long time and know our routine, we change it up every now and then. What I notice, and I talked to somebody about this the other day, is that if you live in LA, I'm maybe a bit more cynical about things than somebody who is coming from out of town. Because what I noticed very quickly is how much of the movies are movies that have toured the rep houses here in LA. So Paris Blues played at the Academy last month for Sidney Poitier's tribute. Play It As It Lays has pretty much been at every rep house here in LA over the last two months which makes me believe that possibly there is a restoration that is coming out on DVD or something because that has been at the New Beverly, it's been at the Academy, it's been everywhere. It's great that I can see these movies now, but I could have seen those movies six months ago when they played at other places. I'm also noticing less conflict. I can tell you that Sunday, I have one movie that I'm interested in, and depending on TBAs, the rest of the day seems very light. Like actual quantity. I don't know if anybody's counted how many movies they're showing just in general and if that's more or less than in years past, but it does feel like we're getting less. There are a number of TBAs on Sunday in addition to the ones that are going to spill over. The way it works for people listening who maybe don't know the festival, when a movie sells out, they will often reschedule it on Sunday morning. So people who got blocked out of the sold out show can have a chance to see it. There are always TBAs on Sunday morning, depending on what sells out, they'll schedule whatever sells out. But in addition to that, there are a couple of additional TBA slots. There's one big TBA that is going to be at the IMAX. Right, and people are speculating on what that is. What is the speculation? Well, what I have heard is, I don't know how serious any of this is, but I've heard speculation that they're going to have a big celebrity. Somebody said, oh, Julie Andrews is going to come. I would uh, love that, but I just don't really know the impetus for that. 
I don't know. Anytime there's an unknown, people speculate and speculate wildly. It's like they've put in five slots on Sunday, at least on the schedule, starting in the afternoon for TBA. So that seems pretty substantial. So there should be a lot of second chances for folks for some of those, especially the pre-codes, because those always do really, really well and can be hard to get into. They're putting No Man of Her Own in Theater 4, which is the smallest theater. That's Clark Gable and Carol Lombard. Come on, people. Yeah, it makes no sense. What I'm noticing as well, you mentioned that TBA on Saturday. A lot of people are really thrown by that because that is not something that has happened. We're also noticing a lot of movies with no announcers so far, and they keep saying that the schedule is going to keep being updated. And we're maybe dancing around the subject, but considering that the last year, the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, which ended up with a lot of people being laid off and Warner Brothers making a lot of decisions with regards to their content that people found questionable, TCM was affected. They did lay off a lot of longtime people, including the amazing Millie DiCherico. A lot of people speculated whether we'd have a festival this year. And I'm one of those people that said we should just be fortunate that we have what we have. But it's hard for me not to feel that this year is a cost-cutting thing. Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt about that. I know that it's because of the recent acquisition by Discovery Plus, who are making all kinds of corporate decisions. These decisions are being made by people who don't understand TCM and don't understand the TCM fans. This will be a really interesting year to see when your boot's on the ground, what the impact of that is. What are the gift bags like? What are the perks like? I already said that they're taking out the printed guides. Those are not going to be happening this year. When I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, the printed guides are the problem. That's the reason. (laughs) I do all the cruises and have done that every year. I admit I keep everything, scrapbook it and all that kind of stuff. And they used to print daily schedules and have them in the room. And you didn't have any of that. You just had your app and that was that. Or you needed to print your schedule beforehand. You realize just how much you use that when you don't have it. I used to like to circle my movies. There's something really tactile about it. You can feel it. You can feel where your hand is going. And if you get in a line and you're like, I'm not getting into this, what can I do? You know, just having that in your pocket. I don't know. I'm the same way. I'm a tactile person too. I like having the physical thing as opposed to going through my app and being like, well, wait a minute, where do these line up and this line up? That'll be interesting to see. That's another thing where you could say, what about the special guests that are here this year versus years past? And is there any clear impact from cost-cutting measures and the particular stars that have been tapped for this year? Not saying there is, but that's a discussion I've seen if you've been to the festivals throughout the years, a great example is the TCM merch store. Started out as being a part of a huge store in the mall. Now it's the Ovation Center. It has slowly grown smaller and smaller till it was in the back room last year of one of the shops next to Grauman's, like a back room. You had to ask, where's the TCM shop? And it was two walls of merchandise that was really lacking. I will be excited to see if it is still that store or if it's just a kiosk at this point, because I would not be surprised. The other thing that I was immediately thrown by that I would say was indicative of a cost-cutting measure is they announced Rio Bravo at the beginning of the whole announcing things for the fest. It was one of the earliest announcements that they mentioned was this world-class restoration of Rio Bravo. And then it became the opening night film, which I don't know, I haven't gone to every festival, but I would say is the first time I've seen them 
say, well, actually, we already announced what opening night was. It was this movie that we already announced, which makes me wonder, this is my conspiracy theory, that they could not get anything else that was comparable in terms of maybe stars or the rights, because that's the other thing, too. Getting rights from a competing studio is becoming harder and harder. Disney, yeah. now that they own Fox, is becoming more hard-headed about what they're renting out with regards to their catalog, and they already have a theater on the same stretch that they are not allowing the festival to use this year. So I get that it's probably far more difficult, but that was something that I was like, oh, we are working with less because the opening night film is something that we've just already heard about, which don't get me wrong. It's great to see Angie Dickinson. But when people were speculating about it's going to be the way we were and they're going to get Barbara Streisand, I was like, that would make sense to me. Not yeah. that I don't love the fact that they got Angie Dickinson, but I think the fact that they're also couching it as a film foundation tribute with Paul Thomas Anderson and S Steven Spielberg also made me think, hey, you got to gild the lily a little bit. So that's what they're doing. Maybe Barbara Streisand and The Way We Were is going to be that surprise Saturday night thing. I would love that. If that is the case, I will be there with bells on. Trust yeah. me. Laura and I will be there. I believe we saw The Way We Were when they showed it at the festival yeah, a couple years ago. We were cackling. It was <laughs> delightful. It was one of many great moments I've had with Laura at TCM. Although it's not nearly as great as when we saw Kiss Me Kate in 3D. <laughs> yeah. Let's start looking at this schedule and discussing what we're actually going to. This is a reminder that Laura and I's festival experience actually starts today. We're at the Hollywood Heritage Museum. I believe, Laura, you're doing five to six. I'm five six to six. seven. Signing books is part of the Going to TCM Facebook group pre-festival party. Hopefully we will see you there. Thursday's schedule. I get to be snooty. I was invited to opening night, even though I do not have a spotlight pass. I will be at Rio Bravo. I've never seen it. I'm not a big Westerns person, as we know, but I want to see Angie. If anything, maybe it will be a fun romp for me to watch a Western my first day this year's fest. One thing that I was thinking about when Rio Bravo was announced is that for so many years, we could rely on the fact that the opening night movie would be a musical. Remember that? And then that changed with E.T. Was that the first time that the wasn't, opening night movie wasn't a musical? Wasn't there one before where it was, was before. from Spotlight, the journalist from the movie Spotlight? What was that that they played? I remember the Sound of Music. I remember the producers. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Ray, Stars Born. This might be the first time that I can remember that it's not a musical. E.T. was last year, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the second year it hasn't been a musical. They played All the President's Men once was as the opening night film, and they had the folks from Spotlight, they had the journalists behind that and did a whole panel. Uh, I think that was an opening night film. Didn't um, they do When Harry Met Sally? Because I remember Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal walking the red carpet. Uh, yes, that could be. That but, might have been 2019. That was that 2019, maybe. Yeah. So if that's the case, then it's been either a two or three where they haven't done a musical. For so many years, we would count on it. We would say the opening night movie is going to be a musical. It's going to be a restoration, right? Because that was the way it had always been for so long. 
I'm going in with an open mind. If anything, it'll be fun to see Angie Dickinson. What are you going to see, Laura? And what you would have gone to, Laura, instead of Rio Bravo? I have One Way Passage at 7.30 on Thursday night. I do enjoy One Way Passage, even though it's a weepy. It's definitely not my favorite Powell and Francis joint. No, but it's Powell, it's Francis, it's a pre-code, I'm there. I typically do the spotlight pass. I'm coming all the way from North Carolina and I save up. If I'm traveling this far, I'm going to (laughs) splurge. So I always do the opening night film. They don't have it on the schedule and they didn't put it on the schedule last year, although they did it. They do a party, an opening night party after the opening night screening, which is a lot of fun. Last year it was at the Academy Museum and that was really neat. My husband loves Westerns, so he introduced me to a lot of Westerns when we started dating and got me into them, and I really enjoy them. And so I've seen Rio Bravo many times, and Angie Dickinson was on the cruise one year, and they did a screening of this, and she had some wonderful stories of her work experience on there. So if it's anything like that, you're in for a treat, Chris, you'll enjoy it. And she's always been a wonderful guest and has such a great rapport with Ben Mankiewicz. She likes to take him out to the Cheesecake Factory, which they talk about, which That's is funny. fantastic. And every do time, I. Their Chinese chicken salad is bananas. Almost every time I've seen them together, that comes up, which is really fun. I've never seen Genevieve. That would have been an interesting one to see if I wasn't doing the opening night screening. I know that's the later night movie, but that's one that I would be interested in checking out. I will be at the opening night party, which is not at the Academy Museum this year. I can tell you that because I know what the invitation said. But if I was not going to that, I'm flummoxed by some of these choices because I would have liked to have seen the wild one as a Marlon Brando fan. And I do not know why we are making Diane Baker come out at 10 o'clock at night. that's pretty Introduce Genevieve. Diane needs her sleep. I'm very sad that I'm going to miss the one Diane Baker movie intro, which I love that every year, at least since the last year, I don't know how often this is, Diane Baker has done an intro for a movie that she is not in, Mm -hmm. which I find to be amazing. She did it last year with the group. Which Which was wonderful. It was fantastic. (laughs) I was there as well, and she was great. It took me 30 minutes into the movie to be like, wait, she's not in this. Why did she introduce this then? Because she's Diane Baker and she's awesome. She can do anything she wants. If Diane Baker wants to talk about anything, then the answer is just yes. I understand this. Let's start looking at Friday. Friday has one of many options where I could do either and I feel I will have a good time. I was thinking about doing King Kong. If you listen to our King Kong episode that we started the year off with, I did have to laugh and say that I felt that TCM copied us because we did a King Kong episode early in the year and we had a great panel of people. But then I also do want to go see The Old Maid. As Laura will tell you, we are big Betty Davis fans, especially when she's teamed up with Miriam Hopkins. I wish that they had kept Old Acquaintance. That was originally announced, and then they decided for some reason they were not going to do that, and they switched to the Old Maid. And I'm a little bummed because the Old Maid does not have the famous Miriam Hopkins strangling sequence, which I appreciate. Or I could go see The Wild Bunch, because if you listen to our Straw Dogs episode, I have a lot of deep opinions on Sam Peckinpah, but that is all the way at the Legion Theater And I do not know if I want to make that trek. I wonder what the reasoning was behind getting rid of old acquaintance and putting in old maid. I have zero idea. It baffles me, especially 
because they are the same movie. I mean, you could have shown both, honestly, and I think it would have been fine. (laughs) At that point, because of the way that things are timed out, you really can't go see anything that starts immediately after any of those movies. So I'll probably head over to the Warner Brothers 100 tribute that they're doing at Club TCM. Cass Warner's going to be there. And I met her a long, long time ago in one of my first trips to LA when I actually went to tour the Warner's lot. That sounds like it would be very fun. One of my big to-dos is going to see Risky Business. Not because I care about going to see Risky Business. They got Rebecca De Mornay to be the, the guest for that. She is my 90s queen. She is one of the most underrated actresses that we have ever gotten. I have not been excited about a person introducing a TCA movie since Jean-Viev Bujold introduced King of Hearts several years ago at the fest. So I will be there just for the intro. As soon as the intro's over, I'm leaving and I will probably go hang out at Harris Blues, which is a movie I love. Again, if you have not seen it, you should definitely go see it because it is the horniest movie ever. Not as horny as The Long Hot Summer, but it is up there and it is fantastic. I'm not able to stay for that completely because I will actually be working that day at the festival at seven o'clock. I will be signing books along with some other TCM authors at the poolside screening of Beach Party. I am so excited for this, not to sign books necessarily, although I'm very excited to sign books. Frankie Avalon's going to be there, guys. Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon gave me a birthday cameo video for my birthday. I love him so very, very much. I will be there for that. I would have loved to have seen House of Wax in 3D, but I'll probably just end up saying for Beach Party, which is a pretty good way to go out on a Friday. If you enjoy the podcast, consider supporting us on our Patreon, like David Floyd, Amy Hart, Jeffrey, Brittany Brock, and Elizabeth Ziegler. Our Patreon helps pay the bills, and our patrons get access to a wealth of exclusive content like our classic actress March Madness tournament, bonus series like Doubled Features, based on a true podcast, and Being Elvis, as well as patron bonus swag like our But Have You Read the Book tote bags. Patrons also get monthly video updates from us. Patronage starts at just a dollar a month and gives you the opportunity to start listening to episodes like this 48 hours early. Head over to patreon.com slash ticklishbiz to learn more. Nine o'clock in the morning. I've got my old favorite Harvey. The way that I usually do the fest, this has been my tradition over the 12 years that I've done it. I gravitate toward my old favorites. I just love seeing my old favorites on the big screen. If there's something that I haven't seen that I feel like I need to, then I will go see that. But most of the time, it's just, yeah, I love that movie. I'm going to go see that movie. I've got Harvey at nine o'clock in the morning. The thing that we have to do with the fest is you often leave the theater and get immediately in line for the next movie because you have to do that if you don't have a spotlight pass and you want to be guaranteed a seat at that screenings. Harvey gets out at 11. The next thing I have is Footlight Parade at noon. Harvey's in Multiplex 1. Footlight Parade is in Multiplex 6. I'll probably get out of Harvey. Maybe that's when I'll try to find something to eat very quickly and then get in line for Footlight Parade or not. Maybe I'll just wait. Eating, you have to figure out the strategy behind getting a meal in. I'll get in line for Footlight Parade. That ends at 2.15. Then at 3.15, back in Multiplex 6, I have the Strawberry Blonde. Can't go wrong with my Olivia and my Rita. Which they're also doing as a night out at the movies and showing vintage trailers yeah, as short one, and whatnot, which I think is very cool. 
born or night at the movies, which strangely is at 3.15. Are you saying words have meaning? (laughs) (laughs) Evening somewhere, I guess. Evening in New York. I love my girls. So got to go see them. More weepiness after that. I only have 45 minutes between the ending of Strawberry Blonde and the beginning of Penny Serenade. And I'm going to have to really get in line immediately for that one. After that is Ball of Fire. Penny Serenade gets out at 8.15. Ball of Fire starts at 9.15. I'm probably just going to have to get right in line. Yeah. I'm sad to miss Ball of Fire. I did see it at the Academy Museum last month. I cannot wait to hear an audience of TCM goers hearing Dana Andrews say, I'm her daddy. If you've seen the movie, it's just a great moment. I'm going to miss that. Laura, what would your Friday look like? I'm very similar to Laura. I love to see movies that I love on the big screen with a group of passionate fans. So I do sometimes go back to a movie I've maybe seen a hundred times or on or just because seeing it with everybody at the festival is such a special experience. If I was there, I've never seen The Bicycle Thieves on the big screen. So I would really love to see that with an audience. I might take a little break, go down to Larry Edmonds for a bit. And then I really try to do everything at Club TCM if I can, because I've always really enjoyed the panel discussions or the special presentations. So I would try to hit all three of those, although I would be very sad to miss Peyton Place because I'd love to hear Russ Tamlin's intro to that. I love a melodrama and I love Lana Turner big time. They're doing three presentations. As you mentioned, Kristen, the Hollywood's Ultimate Backlot was one that's happening around lunchtime or late lunch. And then there's one about Looney Tunes at the Oscars. And then one that I'm really, really sad to miss, which is called Band in the South. It's Hollywood censorship and depictions of race with Sherry Belafonte. And that would probably be just a really phenomenal presentation. And I'm, of course, from the South. So I'm very interested in the history of the South and how the South and the archaic laws and rules of the South, especially of the 30s and 40s and 50s, impacted Hollywood and the film releases. So that would be just a fantastic presentation. And I'm very sad to miss that one. For the evening, my girl Ava Gardner's going to be there, The Killers, and that's her breakout films, even though I've seen it a ton and I'm involved with the Ava Gardner Museum and we just had our big festival back in October and we got to screen it. I did the intro for it. I would still go see (laughs) see my girl Ava just to hear her. I've never seen an Ava Gardner film at the film festival or on the TCM cruise. They don't play a lot of her movies and this past December was her 100th birthday. It's just a really great time to see that. I'll be a little torn later in the day because House of Wax would be just a super fun screening. I would probably end up doing that. Although I would love to hear Ed Begley Jr. introduce 12 Angry Men because I love Ed Begley Jr. And, and I love that film. And then I would stay up for Batwoman. If you've never been to a late night screening at the TCM Festival, that is just so fun. Audience gets rowdy. Sometimes people are in costumes or they bring cookies that look like Sean Connery and Zardoz. And those are just a hoot. It can be a long day, but if you can make it for one, I highly recommend one of those. That's what I'm sad to miss too. If I go to the festival, I'm starting as early as I can and I'm trying to do something in every block and stay up until I just stagger to the room. My favorite late night screening experience at TCM was when they did Boom. Oh, that was the best. Oh my gosh. So fun. The entire Uh, audience was just punchy and laughing at everything. There's a wonderful- I'm still bummed I missed that. There's a wonderful Ava Gardner film that if they ever do 
a couple Ava Gardner films or something, which I'd love for them to do. And I'd love to intro one. She did a movie called Tamlin. It's that same period. And it's like her most quirky film. That would be a wonderful late night screening because it's all psychedelics and it's just super trippy. Boom. That is one that anybody that was there still oh, talks man. about. Still remember. Like, yes. Set the bar. <laughs> One day I'm going to do an episode of movies where old Hollywood stars tried to be part of the psychedelic movement because they all did it and it's all hilariously weird. You can't look away. (laughs) You just have to watch it and then you've got to watch it again. (laughs) Jennifer Jones did it. Liz Taylor did it a couple times. Lana did it. I'm all for this. Moving on to Saturday. This one is just filled with conflicts for me. And a lot of what I see in the morning is going to involve how the rest of the day goes. I am torn between The Muppets Take Manhattan and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I have not seen The Muppets Take Manhattan easily in about 32 years. So I would love to see it. And it's Brian Henson introducing it. But then Russ Tamblin is also doing Seven Brides. So what do I do? And both of them have secondary events. Do I see one knowing that I can forego the other? This is the problem. This is the chronic problem. Regardless, then I have to decide between whether to go see Played as It Lays. I'm a big fan of Allison Anders, and I've been wanting to see that movie just, again, as it's toured through the LA rep scene. But then there's a Henson puppetry discussion with Brian Henson. So if I go see Muppets Take Manhattan, then I can go see Play It As It Lays. After that is probably the biggest conflict, which is Bye Bye Birdie with Anne Margaret, as well as the conversation with Russ Tamblin. If I go see Seven Brides, then I already see Russ Tamblin, and I can see Bye Bye Birdie, or I could just go see Anne Margaret's intro and have somebody save me a seat at Club TCM and then run back. That takes me to the afternoon, and there's not a whole heck of a lot that I'm excited for in the early evening block. I've seen Carmen Jones at the festival, although it would be very cool to see Donald Bogle and Deborah Martin Chase do the introduction for that. I could go see The Exorcist. I've never seen it on a big screen. William Friedkin's going to be there. Sorry, Wrong Numbers also playing, which who doesn't love some Barbara Stanwyck? Butterfield 8 is also playing. It's not my favorite Liz Taylor, but how many times can you actually see that on the big screen? Regardless, I'm hoping to get to the Legion in the evening to go see Enter the Dragon. I have never seen a Bruce Lee film, and I figure if I'm going to see one, might as well do it at the fest. And then my goal is to stay up for Xanadu, because it's Xanadu, and it's Olivia Newton-John. It's one of my favorite musicals. I need to see it, so I'm already planning to chug a soda or a coffee at 5, 6 o'clock to make sure that I can get to that. A lot of conflicts on Saturday. Given our history of watching these movies together, we need to see Xanadu together. We Um, do! We need to see Xanadu together. So you know what? I will just have Laura pumping me with sugar and whatnot because I need to make it. I need to. I am a big fan of Xanadu because it gets such a bad rap. Because people are like, oh, it's not a good movie. Well, no, it's not a good movie. But that's not the point. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. And that's what it's meant to be. It is a delightful question of questions. Because why is Australian Olivia Newton-John a Greek muse? 
I don't care, but it's just Nobody amazing. Cares. Nobody, Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's also maybe a sequel or remake of Down to Earth with Rita Hayworth. It makes no sense, but I love it so very much. I need to, to see it. The details. You're not supposed to be thinking about it too hard, and that's the point. We need to see Xanadu together. My schedule on Saturday is rather difficult. I'm going to go see The Wiser Sex at 9, just because pre-code, followed by probably Amadeus. I love Amadeus. I don't think I've ever seen it on the big screen, actually. A lot of these I have, we've been really lucky in the Bay Area. Something plays at the Paramount or something plays at the Gastro. Or, but I don't think that I've seen Amadeus on the big screen. So that'll be fun. The next thing I have is Crossing Delancey, which I adore. Crossing Delancey is one of my 80s. I don't even want to say a guilty pleasure. It's just a great movie. Amy Irving is going to be there and Peter Riegert is going to be there. So it's going to be Izzy and the Pickle Man. I just wish that I could get a chance to tell Amy Irving my theory on Yentl. Even though Yentl is not being shown, I just need her to know my thoughts on how Yentl is really the story of how Yentl and Hadass run off together and raise sheep. No offense, Mandy Patinkin, but... I mean, yeah, that would be great. Yentl, now we're on an Amy Irving thing, which I think is totally fine. Yentl is due for a remake as a trans story. The original short story is about a trans man. I mean, of course, it doesn't use those words, but the father says something like, you have the soul of a man. That's what he says. You have the soul of a man. Yentl says, well, then why did God make me a woman? And he said, even God makes mistakes. It's totally due for for a rebirth. I would love to see that. This is just a reminder that TCM should show Yentl at the festival. Yes. Yes, TCM should definitely show Yentl at the festival. And you need to work on this screenplay. (laughs) I adore Yentl. I love the short story. It sounds so elitist and snobby, but I read the short story in English and Yiddish. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. It needs to be put on screen the way the story was meant for it to be. Yentl, Amy Irving, Crossing Delancey, followed by... So here comes my big conflict, my one big conflict block of the festival. I would love to see Carmen Jones on any other day I would see... Carmen Jones. I feel like I've seen it uh, enough. And I think I've even seen it once on the big screen because I have a million other things in that block. It fell by the wayside. The Exorcist at the IMAX because Exorcist on the big screen. I've seen it on the big screen. I didn't sleep for days, but such is my relationship with The Exorcist. I see it every time it's on. Sorry, wrong number because I feel obligated to see a Barbara Stanwyck movie. And Sorry, wrong number is amazing. And she was nominated for best actress for that a mighty wind which i know that laura loves and i love too so funny i can quote that movie all day and hunchback of notre dame those are my big conflicts love carmen jones love the exorcist well as much as you can love the exorcist sorry wrong number and mighty wind and hunchback of notre dame they're all i cannot decide it's going to be a day of situation followed by xanadu at midnight I feel like I needed to make Xanadu buttons, D-O, because everybody should go watch it right now. Laura, what about you? As I teased earlier, my day would totally start with The Muppets Take Manhattan. That movie, if you've never seen it and you love musicals, it is as pure a beautiful musical. The music is really fantastic in it. it. You will cry, you will laugh, and you will be totally transported whether or not you like Muppets or not. It is just a wonderful movie and it has the greatest ending. It's just wonderful. You just go see it. Trust me. 
So that would start my day. I would be really torn too, because I would love to see Seven Brides with Russ, but I would do his long form conversation later. So not to jump ahead. Amadeus is one of my favorite films as well. And I would love to see that, but I really want to make it to the evolution of Henson puppetry. As I mentioned, when I try to go to the festival, if it's where I can afford it, I try to do the spotlight pass. The benefit of the spotlight pass is that you can, not always, but sometimes you can get in and make it to an introduction if you don't want to stay. I try not to do that in the smaller theaters because they have limited space. And I try to be mindful of people who want to get in. And if I'm going to leave, I try not to do that. But I would love to see the intro for Amadeus. I would go to the evolution of Henson puppetry, which is just going to be an amazing presentation. And then because of the timing, I would probably do the trip through the short subjects for Paramount Archives. That sounds really interesting. Afterwards, I'd probably have to miss a little bit of it because the Henson thing, they butt up right at each other and you have to get from Club TCM to the Chinese multiplex. So that would be a little tight. Then I would do in the afternoon, the conversation with Russ Tamlin and then assisting the classics, which is another really interesting presentation where it's former personal assistants of classic film stars and their experience working for folks. So that seems like a neat presentation. And then I would totally do A Mighty Wind Although I saw it in its initial release in the theater and I've seen it a gazillion times at home and I have the album and can sing all the songs, have the sheet music and everything. It is another wonderful musical. And if you're a fan of folk music and you've never seen this film, but you know the Christopher Guest style of films, he doesn't like them being called mockumentary. So I don't want to call them that, but they are just the, his whole body of those films, that grouping of films with Eugene Levy are just so wonderful. And A Mighty Wind especially has just so much heart to it. And it's so true to the folk music of that period while also being absolutely hilarious. I would do that and I would totally end my day with the two of you at Xanadu and we would sing along and have a ball. As far as Sunday goes, it's tough. There's not a whole heck of a lot that I'm really into this last day of the festival. I know I want to go see Heaven Can Wait. I really love the 1943 original. I'm a big fan of the weird death fantasy movies that they did in the 1940s. Gene Tierney is just fantastic. And I know that the movie on disc was just utterly gorgeous with the color. And I can only imagine it's going to look even better on a big screen. So that's a big one. It looks like they've been changing up the guests because I want to say that certain guests were originally announced for some of these movies and now they are gone. I did not know that Ernest Dickerson was going to introduce The Red Shoes. I would love to see him talk about that because that is not at all the movie that I would assume that director Ernest Dickerson would be into. I might try to see that if I can get in, although it would be a very tight squeeze with just 45 minutes in between from my last movie, but we shall see. I would love to do No Man of Her Own with everybody's friend Carrie Beecham. I try to at least see one of the things that Carrie does when she intros movies. And then after that, it's kind of meh. I mean, a lot's going to depend on TBAs just based on what is listed. I'm not really big on anything. All About Eve, maybe. The Music Man's not a favorite of mine, nor is Stand and Deliver, Big Chill, Shot in the Dark. Not too keen on any of those. So if none of the TBAs are particularly enticing, I will probably just hang out get a meal until the closing night party. Laura, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't have a lot 
on Sunday. I have No Man of Her Own, Carol and Clark. I just adore everything that Carol does. Then All About Eve. And that's it. That's it so far. If there's anything interesting in the TBAs, then I'll do that. What about you, Laura? I've never seen Jason and the Argonauts on the big screen, so I thought that would just be a fun one to end my last day at the festival. I'm like you, Kristen. I'm very interested in the introduction for the Red Shoes. But again, timing might be a little tight on that. I would try to go to the special presentation, the Warner Brothers trailer show, and probably the conversation later in the day. Although I've never seen Mr. Cohen Takes a Walk, so that was a little interesting to me. And that would be one with Leonard Malton. And up to this point, I wouldn't have anything with him. I'm not sure if he's introducing something else. He's not. He only has one. This oh, year. wow. And then later in the day... I really love to always end the festival with a musical. That doesn't always happen. I'm a little bummed that there's not a musical at the end of it, because that's always so fun to end. One, the year they showed the bandwagon, one year they did Calamity Jane, and you left those screenings just in the best mood. So I'm a little bummed that they wouldn't have a musical at the end of it. But I don't know. I might see The Clash of the Wolves. I've never seen that. If I did that and Mr. Cohen takes a walk, that would be my day of newer discoveries. But the TBAs would probably change my mind because <laughs> it might be something that I wanted to see, but sacrifice. And then the closing night party. And I do hope that as many of the guests that are scheduled for this whole week show up, because there are some great guests that I'm probably going to miss and would love to shamelessly plug this podcast and talk to them. That's TCM 2023. This is probably my most flawed year of the festival, and I haven't even shown up yet. It always is good. It's never time wasted. We all know this. We're fortunate that it even exists in this world. I'm excited to see everybody. Laura and I are going to be pretty much glued to each other, considering how similar our schedules are, which is always great. If you see us, we are probably laughing about the cadre of videos that we always bring up every year in line. Laura and Laura, thank you so much for sitting down and, and talking to me today. Of course, I know you both have projects that everybody should know about. Where can fans find you? Laura, Gabrielle, what about you? I'm going to be at the Hollywood Heritage Museum with Kristen signing books. Uh, Kristen will be signing her book. I'll be signing my book, Captain of Her Soul, The Life of Marion Davies, which came out this past September. Hope to see you all there. And if you're interested in my book, my Marion Davies book, it has a website, mariondaviesbook.com. You can go there. I'm on social media, Twitter, Instagram, both at Backlots Film, Backlots with an S, Film, and Facebook, Laura Gabrielle. And my book has a Facebook page too, Captain of Her Soul, The Life of Marion Davies. And Laura Stalker, what about you? You can find me online. My name is spelled L-O-R-A-S-T-O-C-K-E-R. My website's laurastalker.com. I'm on social, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Laura Stocker. So pretty easy to find me. I love to talk about film and travel. I'm also very involved with the Ava Gardner Museum. I've just transitioned. My board service has ended the terms of that. But now I'm transitioning to their honorary board. So I'm still very involved with them and doing lots in the social media space. I supervise their social media. AvaGardner.org is the museum's website. We have lots of fun things planned. We just celebrated Ava Gardner's centennial back in December and had a wonderful time talking with the Ticklish Biz crew. 
We're still celebrating Ava Gardner's centennial year, her full year of Big 100. So we've got a lot of fun things in the works that are going to drop this summer and into the fall. So stay tuned to that. The Ava Gardner Museum's also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Very active there and love to talk about Ava and all things classic film. So find me or find the museum or both. That closes out Ticklish Business for today. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts. Reviews matter, so leave us one on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Ticklish underscore biz, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ticklish Biz. You can follow me at therap.com, as well as on Twitter at journeys underscore film and Instagram at Kristen Lopez 88. Our Patreon helps keep the lights on at Ticklish Biz HQ and gives us chances to do new content like our classic film actress March Madness bracket. So consider helping us at patreon.com slash Ticklish Biz. And of course, my book, But Have You Read the Book, is out now. You can order it wherever you buy books. We will return with a new episode on April 26th. Till then. <laughs>